good just to be able to praise and worship our mighty God this morning, to know His presence with us. And we know that we have a God who speaks to us, who longs to lead us and direct us as His people. And so we're about to come to sharing God's Word this morning as we continue in our series, Redeeming Love, looking at the book of Ruth up to our second week of this Ruth chapter two. And we're blessed to have Pastor David coming to share this Word with us. Um, David looks after all of our young adult ministries and is very involved in um, these community ministries we're doing as well, particularly he's been very involved with the hampers going out. So I'd love it if you could make David feel really welcome as he comes, put your hands together at home, even though he can't hear you, put your hands together as David comes now to share God's Word with us. Thanks so much, Nath. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we just thank You so much for this opportunity uh, to hear from Your Word now, great God. And we just ask that You would speak, uh, that You would challenge us this morning and uh, that we would be impacted in a way. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that You would continue to empower us uh, to see changes take place in our lives as we hear from Your Word. So we thank You so much. We commit these things to You and we just pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen. Hey, it is really good to have you here this morning watching online or whatever platform that you're watching from. And maybe this morning you've just stumbled across it. It's really good to have you here. Or maybe someone invited you, sent you out a link. Well, it's really good to have you here this morning as well. Uh, We are right in the middle of a series at the moment. Well, we just launched a series last week in Ruth and we're gonna look at Ruth chapter two. But what I wanna share with you this morning, I think is such a powerful and important principle of the providence of God's hand at work in times in our lives where we just feel like uh, God may be distant or we just feel like, where are you, God, in the midst of these circumstances and situation? And, and this morning, I wonder if maybe you find yourself in that very place. Maybe this morning you're sitting there and you're watching this and you're going, I know exactly what that's like because I didn't expect to be in the financial difficulty that we now find ourselves in. I didn't expect to find myself in, in the business situation that we find ourselves in. I didn't expect to get back the health results that we've just uh, are facing now in this instance. I didn't expect the relational breakdown to take place. I didn't expect our marriage to be in the very place it's in at this moment. And yet sometimes in these difficult circumstances and situations in our lives, we find ourselves asking the question, God, where are you? God, what are you doing in the midst of this? I just cannot seem to see your hand at work. Or furthermore, we ask the question of, of, of God, are you at work? Like, like, can you turn this around? Can you turn this situation and this circumstance around? Sometimes it feels like God has left us. Sometimes it feels like, does God really have a plan in the midst of this. And what we discover in Ruth chapter two, as we're gonna look at this this morning, what we discover is that, and what I want you to consider this morning as well is this, is that yes, God still does have a plan. Despite how we might feel, despite in the circumstances and the situations that we find ourselves in, even in those moments where we feel like He's left us and He doesn't have a plan any longer, I wanna encourage you this morning that He still has a plan, that He's still in control, He's still sovereign and uh, that he, his hand is at work behind the scenes and sometimes we don't even see it or realise. But I want you to be encouraged this morning. Now I get it and I understand it is so easy for me just to say this and say, don't worry, it'll all work out okay. But what we discover in Ruth too is this very principle. What we discover is that, that Ruth and Naomi find themselves in a very difficult situation in their life. And yet despite all this, we see the hand of God at work 
His plan is taking place without them even realising or understanding the fullness of it. And so be encouraged this morning. God is at work. Be encouraged this morning. God hasn't left you. He still has a plan for your situation. And let me just say this as well, that God can redeem the situation that you find yourself in, that God can restore the situation that you find yourself in. And it may be sort of different to how you might think it might play out in your mind, but God is big enough to intervene. God is big enough in the situation that we find ourselves in. And so uh, I wonder this morning if you've, whether you're there or whether there's been a circumstance in your life where you've thought those very things, God, where are you? Where are you in the midst of this? Uh, and, and maybe to this morning as you watch, uh, maybe you're thinking, oh, I've never really experienced that in, in a huge degree in my life. Well, whether you have or not, I reckon all of us at some point or another will find ourselves in that very place where we question where is God in the midst of this. I remember uh, many years ago now when, and I, I apologise if you've heard a little bit about this, but it relates so much. And I know I've shared a, a few times uh, in our night services, but many years ago now when I first started my apprenticeship, I, I wasn't a Christian when I started my apprenticeship, but then I became a Christian. And uh, it was a, a tough apprenticeship at the best of times. But then when I became a Christian, it just added fuel to the flame. And it was a really difficult season for me. And when we talk this morning about difficult times in our lives and we start to question and ask God, where are you in the midst of this and what are you doing? I found myself asking that question, not just every now and then, literally I felt every single day I was asking the question, God, where are you? What are you doing? I found it so tough uh, through that apprenticeship. And uh, like I said, you know, I was asking that all the time, God, do you really want me here? Like, do I need to stay here? Now, no one needed to say to me, you know, have you really prayed about whether you should stay in that particular job? I mean, I was praying every single day, like, God, you've got to find me another apprenticeship. I just found it really tough. And yet I sense that God said, no, I want you to stay. I want you to pursue. I want you to keep sticking uh, this out. And I did, and I did my entire apprenticeship in that uh, particular environment. But as I look back, I realize, even though in the midst of it, I thought, no, surely God can't be in this. As I look back, I realized the hand of God was at work. Not only did I uh, grow so spiritually uh, in that time, or I had a um, uh, yeah, my, my intimacy with God grew on a level that may not have grown if I didn't go through those circumstances. So my intimacy with God, as I look back now, it wasn't pleasant, but, but, but I was praying so often every single day uh, in that environment. So my relationship with God grew in such a powerful way. But not only that, it was quite interesting because I remember sharing with a friend of mine about the difficulty that I was experiencing in that workplace. And he said to me, he goes, hey, I think I know who you work with. He goes, I actually, my parents know your boss's mum. And he said this, he says, you may not realize this, but, but his, your boss, his, his mum's a Christian and she's been praying for him for 15 years. And he said to me, and it just so happens that you've become a Christian and you're now working for him and that you are being uh, a witness to him in that very workplace. Now, I don't know if I necessarily felt like I was being a witness, but he began to share this with me. And all of a sudden I realized as I reflect back the hand of God, the providence of God over my life and through those 
those circumstances. They weren't fun, they weren't enjoyable and I felt like, where are you God in the midst of this? But as I look back, I see his hand at work. There I had an opportunity to be a witness in that environment. There I had an opportunity for my faith to grow in, in leaps and bounds, I suppose, through those difficult circumstances and I see the hand of God. And again, I wanna encourage you this morning, God hasn't left you, he hasn't abandoned you. As a matter of fact, that he couldn't abandon you, he couldn't leave you. It goes against the very character of who he is because he says to us, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And so what we discover in Ruth chapter two is this very principle as well, the providence of God in people's lives. It says this, and to to get a kind of picture of Ruth chapter two, I wanna read just a few verses uh, for you from Ruth chapter one that helps set up uh, the scene and the context for Ruth uh, chapter two. Now, to give you an understanding, Naomi, uh, she's uh, one of the characters in this story. There's Naomi, there's Ruth. And what happens is Naomi is married and uh, her husband dies many years earlier. She has two sons that marry these uh, her, her daughter-in-laws, her now daughter-in-laws. They marry these two women. Her husband passes away. It's extraordinarily difficult for her. And then years later, both her sons pass away as well. And so you can imagine the pain and the difficulty that she is going through. She finds herself in Moab with her two daughter-in-laws and they're in a famine. And they hear word that in Bethlehem, there is food where they can go and uh, and and basically find food. And so they decide, okay, well, let's, she decides, Naomi decides, I'm gonna go into Bethlehem. And so she starts heading there and her two daughter-in-law say, we're coming with you. And she, she basically, they say that they're coming with her and she basically says to her daughter-in-laws or encourages them not to go with her. She says this in verse 13, she says, things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. So she's in a difficult place. She's in a a place of heartache and pain and suffering. And she's gotten to a point where she believes in her heart that that God's hand is against her. Listen to her, her response in another couple of verses in verse 20 and 21. She says this, as she comes into the town of Bethlehem, people are talking to each other saying, is this Naomi? Is this Naomi? Has she come back to her hometown? And she says this, don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, she says, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent tragedy upon me? So I wanted to read this because it sets up in, in chapter, chapter two. You can hear the heartache and the pain and, the, and what she's experienced. She literally believes in her heart. Her circumstances are so tough, so difficult. God must be not with her. His hand must be against me. And then this is where we pick up in chapter two. It says this in chapter two, verse one. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz who was, it just so happened, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth uh, the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. So basically she says, hey, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna try and get us some food. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And here's where it picks up. This is so powerful. It says this, and as it happened, let me say that again. It says, and as it happened, 
she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. As it happened, she happens to find herself working in the field of Boaz. He was a family relative of theirs. Now, this is huge. Naomi finds herself with her husband that's passed away, her two sons that have passed away. And you have got to understand in that culture, it was very difficult for her to survive, to to be able to work, to be able to move forward. And yet what she really needs is a a redeemer. And, uh, And Boaz is a family relative and he has the potential to redeem this family. It's extraordinary. And the Bible says that it just so happened out of all the fields that Ruth could have gone out to glean, Ruth, as it happened, Ruth went to the very field of Boaz, as it happened. Now I wonder, and for some of you this morning, you could probably share stories about times where it was, it just happened to be a coincidence that you bumped into the right person, that you got the right deal in the business, that the finances came through at the right time, as it happened. And what I want you to consider this morning is this, is that God in His providence is working behind the scenes, sometimes when we don't even feel like it, sometimes when we don't even realise it. His plan still is at work. And in the difficult and the uh, tough circumstances you find yourself, know this this morning, that God, God, God's hands aren't tied. He doesn't look at your circumstances and think, oh, I, I, I genuinely don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this. He's still at work. He's still has a plan. And we discover this in the verses with us that as it happened, Ruth comes across Boaz. Now, I was uh, in our connect group just this week. One of the girls was just sharing about some circumstances that uh, her family found themselves in. And, and uh, just very briefly, she just shared about how they used to live interstate. And when she was just a little girl and she didn't understand the fullness of it at the time, but her parents were involved in a business and uh, they were working in this business that was going pretty well. Uh, but the, through some circumstances really outside of their doing, uh, they had this long lease and... and uh, yeah, the business began to uh, fall apart, I suppose you could say. And so they got to a point where they were losing money and they pretty much lost their business and they were in a way almost forced to move into state. Now, as it happened, they happened to bump into somebody who said, hey, you should uh, you know, consider moving up to Brisbane. And uh, they thought about that and they decided to move up to Brisbane. Well, they moved up to Brisbane and uh, they had to leave a lot of family behind. It was difficult for them. And they moved up to Brisbane and they happened to, just as it happened, bump into somebody that recommended them to them a, a local private school. Now, uh, of course, finances are very difficult for them. But as it happened, somebody just caught wind of the financial difficulty that they found themselves in and they said we would help support the finances for your daughter's uh, school and uh, we'll help provide those finances so the girls can go to school and uh, she just began to share a little bit more about this about these almost divine coincidences so to speak and uh, long story short she said you know as a family it was probably one of the best things that happened that that move uh, to Brisbane now at the time they didn't necessarily think like that and it was so painful and difficult but looking back they they saw the hand of God at work through all these different circumstances. Now you mightn't see the hand of God right now, but God still has a plan and He's still at work in and through your life as well. I'm reminded as well, even for us as a church through our city venue, it was quite remarkable as Nathan felt prompted that as a church, we needed to keep reaching out and certainly to our city as God has entrusted us to keep reaching into our city. And 
Some young adults at the time were doing some outreach in the city, but he was wrestling with this over, well, what are we gonna do? We've got no venue though, uh, no venue in the city. How are we going to do this? And as it happened, he just happened to be talking to somebody after a service. And as he was talking, he hadn't shared too much with too many people about this vision of reaching out into the city, but it just so happened that he began to share this with this person. And they happened to say, hey, you realize that I was uh, meeting at a church in the city there was a venue there and he said it just so happened that that church is finished up there and nobody is meeting in that venue but it's a facility that could be used for a church remarkable amazing so we go out and we check out the venue and amazing and and uh there we are here we've got our city service in the venue there it just so happened that Nathan ran into the right person now also as part of that we as young adults have been reaching out to our uni students through our uni colleges it just so happened that the very venue in which we uh, were able to meet as a church in our Bridgman City venue, that a 800 student building was being built literally next door as it happened. You see, we don't understand sometimes all the circumstances of what God is doing behind the scenes, but He is providentially at work even in the times where we feel like, God, where are you in the midst of this? And we see the evidence as well in Ruth chapter two, the evidence of God at work. It continues in verse four where it says, while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? He's referring to Ruth. And further on in chapter two, and I'm just gonna paraphrase it for you a little bit. But further on in chapter two, we discover this, this remarkable divine meeting of Boaz and Ruth. He treats her with such kindness and grace and love and he creates opportunities for her to be able to glean in his field. Uh, he provides food for her, shelter for her and care for her as well as he tells his workers to look after Ruth. It's remarkable and it's an amazing story. She gathers all this grain this very day and, and not just grain that, uh, you know, um, uh, huge amounts, really, quite significant amounts. And the story goes, it continues on in verse 19, as she goes back home to her mother-in-law, Naomi. And it says, where did you gather all this grain today? Because she comes back with so much, Naomi asks. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, the man I worked with today uh, is named Boaz. This is amazing. And Naomi knows that Boaz is a relative of them. It continues in verse 21. Then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvesters uh, so the entire harvest is completed. So it's this remarkable story of God at work behind the scenes. Now, God isn't mentioned necessarily from a first person that it doesn't say in the entire book of Ruth, then the Lord did this or then God did this in this instance. But what we discover in the whole book of Ruth is the providence of God at work. And particularly in chapter two, where it talks about these divine meetings that takes place. Now to understand the further context of this, we're gonna discover more more about this in the further chapters in chapter three and chapter four, the remarkable providence of God. But it's amazing this principle that we see so clearly here in chapter two. Now, the other thing that I thought of as well uh, this very morning was even as a church, our hampers through this COVID season. 
Now, uh, we know that uh, it was quite amazing uh, that as a church, we'd done many hampers before. Uh, through Christmas, our many hampers that we reached out into our community and delivered and, and gave, uh, gave away uh, to people that were in need. And it just so happened that through this COVID season, there was much need for people on some of those essential items. Now, as a church, it just so happened that we'd done multiple hampers before. So we kind of knew what we were up against and it just so happened that we were able to do that. The other remarkable thing is this, is it just so happened as we endeavoured to give out all these hampers in our, to our community just recently, it just so happened that one of our church members actually works for the Samaritan's Purse, that they caught wind of this and it just so happened that they had uh, finances that they wanted to give towards our hampers. And it enabled us as a church to now just this very week, we have finished delivering nearly 4,000 hampers into our community uh, through these remarkable set of circumstances, these divine coincidences, maybe I should call them, that has taken place. This is the power of God, His providential hand at work behind the scenes. And there's story after story of lives that have been impacted through these hampers. And so again, I just wanna encourage you this morning. You may be feeling like, where is God in the midst of this? But I wanna encourage you, God still has a plan. God is at work in and through uh, your life and certainly through your circumstances. Now, I wanna just uh, do this this morning. We're gonna do something a little bit different. But as I was preparing for this message, I uh, was reminded about a friend of mine who has seen the, the hand of God at work so powerfully in his own life and particularly through his own business, the providence of God's hand at work. And I just, uh, well, to be brutally honest with you, 45 minutes to go as I was about to deliver this message, I opened my laptop to go with my message and I'd lost my message. We could not recover it. And I thought to myself, my goodness, this is exactly what I'm preaching about. The moments where you're like, God, why is this happening? What is going on here? And, uh, and I'd just been on the phone to my friend and he was sharing with me about these stories. And I thought, you know what? Maybe God, you're in this. And so what I decided was uh, to share with you, but then interview him personally about these two couple of stories where he's seen and heard uh, the providence of God at work in his own life. So I'm gonna invite him to come on now and uh, he's gonna share those stories uh, with us. That'd be awesome. Thanks so much, Grant, for um, just coming very last minute and um, sharing with us. And um, I'm really praying that this is uh, literally the hand of God because like I said, my whole sermon, I lost it. Yep. And I yep. just thought, well, um, God must be doing something here. So um, I'm having yeah, one well. of those moments too where you <laughs> said, can you come in and tell your story? I'm like, what? No, it's come really good that um, you can come in. So yep. you've got a couple of stories in particular yep. and we're just gonna get straight to it, but yep. they're amazing stories. And uh, the first one takes place through the global financial crisis. And I yes. just wonder if you can share with us about that. Yeah, well, both, both these stories are God's glory through the stories. It's not me, but exactly what you've been talking about today. Um, it feels like you're in the furnace. It feels like that fear's creeping in. Um, but it's amazing having that hindsight now where you can look back and go, God just had a plan uh, and he delivers. He always delivers. So, yeah, the first story, um, uh, we hadn't long been into our business and we were renting a small place and uh, we were outgrowing that, that space pretty quickly, which was great. And um, so I thought, so I'd committed to, uh, to lease a bigger office, way bigger than the one we were in. 
and uh, did the big five-year commitment lease, paying three to four times more rent than what we were in. Um, just about to sign a uh, commitment to a builder to fit out the, the premises, which was, I had to take a big loan out for. And literally, as I'd signed the lease, um, this thing called the GFC, which uh, as a young businessman, I had no idea what it was. Um, but I did see the results, which was our work started drying up substantially. We're, we're in the building industry. And even some of the team we we're on were like, hey, Grant, um, I've got nothing to do today. What do you want me to do? And I'm like, wow, where's this come from? So it was around Easter time. And yeah, I'd committed to the five-year lease and I was about to needing to sign up the builder, which I had a quote for. So, oh man, honestly, Dave, um, I just felt sick in the tummy. I remember exactly where we were. We were on holidays at Karamundi and uh, it wasn't much of a holiday. I had, yeah. um, you know, I was anxious. I was um, worried and, yeah, I just really... Um, so, in from what I could see, it was a crazy thing to do to keep going with that lease and yeah. to take a big loan out and to commit to this builder. And I was just reaching out to God because I was... I was like, I wanted to tap out of that yeah, decision. Yeah. And it was, okay, God, I, I really need your help here. This is um, beyond me. You know, what do I do? Yeah. I'm, uh, and I really just felt God say, um, mate, just trust me. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this. And, uh, yeah, I spoke to my wife and she's like, okay, well, let's, let's give it a go. So I just went, okay, let's commit to it. Let's do this. And, you know, um, we, we did the big, um, committed to the loan. The builders went ahead. Meanwhile, our work's continuing to drop off. I'm putting people, um, reducing their hours. And I'm just thinking, what is going on here? But okay, God, you know, you're the, you're the king of the universe. I've got to just trust you, even though it just felt totally crazy. And, um, he just delivers, you know. So it wasn't long after we moved in to the office and, it, yeah, it looked absolutely amazing um, that this state government project just kind of landed in our in our lap. It was very big, very substantial and it just brought in this uh, just the right amount of income at the right amount of time to then um, help our staff to go back to full time. We actually put on more people and the loan that we'd had to take out, uh, we actually could pay that off in about, I think it was like 18 months. It was just oh, wow. incredible. And it was totally, um, to have the, you've got to go through the test to have the testimony. Yeah. And it became a testimony to everyone in our workplace that there was, you know, that, that God was uh, doing some great things. Because they, they must have been all freaking out as well, going, oh, we're going to lose yeah. jobs. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was really full on. Um, and also another, the second part to that story, the state government work was like really awesome at the right time. Um, we'd been doing it for a few months and then we somehow find out that the licence we had to, uh, wasn't the right licence to do the work. I'm just like, no way, really? And there's only five professional companies in the state doing this work. We were one of them. And um, yeah, our research found that we weren't licensed to do it and we believe that they weren't licensed to do it. But um, I just felt we had to come forward and, and tell the government that 
we found out we're not licensed to do it. And even though um, we really needed that work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it was one of those, you know, you've got you, you to take the high road. And I, I said to him, hey, I said, we're not. We're not actually. We found out so we're not you licensed. So you rang them and said, "Yeah, we're proactively rang them. We'd done our research first, and we're all going, no way. We can't legally do this work.' So they'd asked us to do the work, thinking we we're licensed to do it. All the other other five companies were doing it, thinking they're licensed. But when we found out we weren't actually licensed, so I made the phone call. Wow. We're on our way to to do a big job for them down the south side. I was meeting one of our other colleagues there. And and their response was, stop all the work you're doing for us. Um, you'll probably have to pay us back all that money, which we didn't have because we'd you know, spent it. Which is it. a substantial, substantial amount. Substantial amount. And, um, yeah, just completely stopped. So I rang uh, this guy um, that was working for me. He was meeting me down. I said, mate, um, we're not doing that job today. We're probably not doing any more of this work. I'll meet you at I, I'll meet you at IKEA. Let's have meatballs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but what was so um, crazy once again? Like when when these challenges come, the first thing you want to do is um, grab it more tightly, and you want to take control, and you want to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, what I've learned just through so many of these tests is. I don't even try and figure it out anymore because God always delivers in ways that you can't even imagine. So we spend so much time and energy trying to fix the problem and trying to figure it out. Um, and it's so hard when people say, just trust God, it's okay, it'll be right. Yeah, but yeah. In the, when you're in the thick of it and, you know, you're in the blowtorch is on you or you're in the furnace, it's, you know, it's really hard to do that. But um, I've just found that God can deliver in ways that you could never imagine, yeah. and He always ha- He always delivers. So he, I think He just wants us to trust Him, live in the now. He wants to bless us. He really wants to bless us, but to be able to bless us, we got to let go. Um, and it's pretty amazing because they said stop all work, and you're yeah. like, oh no, like my business has gone yeah. again. Like that was the money we but needed because all our normal remarkable turnaround again. Yeah, so. We were very honest and open as, uh, to to let them know. They basically said, oh, "All the stop, all the work, and all the work that um, we were giving you, we're going to farm out to the other mm. other companies." Um, and I was like, "Okay." And um, but quite remarkably, um, the sta- the state government department that was looking after these li- like to get this particular license we needed, um, we had to actually, it wasn't something you could just do a one-day course. It was like a four-year degree. You had to go back to uni and study like fire, mm. uh, do a fire engineering degree, which we didn't have. But, you know, they, um, yeah, just by, it, yeah, it's just God's miraculous hand over this situation. The state government realised that literally us and all the other companies were doing this work without the right licence. Mm. And they rushed through a, um, they approved us to do this work. They gave us a special permit, which they rushed through in like five business days. Crazy for, for the state government to do that. And because we, and they issued us our licence back first hmm. and they had to process all the other companies, which took about two or three weeks to do. And so then they diverted all that work that they diverted away from us to those back to us. 
and we were the only one in Queensland doing that work and um, it's just quite wow. incredible. But, um, wow. yeah, still didn't mean it was easy, but God always delivers in, in amazing ways. So. This, was, this was quite a few years ago, but then yeah. there's another story yeah. just recently, yeah. again, of just trusting God and seeing oh, his man. hand at work behind the scenes. You had no idea about No it. idea. So... Um, in our industry, um, it's been under the microscope a bit um, in the building industry because there's been a couple of um, large building fires, one in London and one in Melbourne, uh, to do with, like, cladding and stuff. So we have to have PI insurance to, to do our job, and if we don't have PI insurance, we can't operate. So um, because of these fires throughout the, um, throughout the world... Um, PI insurance companies have like run for the hills. They don't want to know, don't want to know us. And if uh, so, we were coming up for our insurance renewal like a few of our competitors, and everyone's in the same boat. So we all need this insurance. Um, but because of so many different tests and challenges in the last um, 15 years in business, I just you know it's those tests that really sharpen your faith. And um, so I knew the challenge was coming, but I said to our senior leadership team, you know, at about six weeks out, oh, don't worry, God's got this, we'll, we'll get it and um, it'll, it'll be fine, you know. And they're like, oh, okay, yep, that's, that's cool. We're getting closer and we're getting closer. So basically how it works, um, we got a letter from the same department again, basically saying that, uh, by four o'clock on Friday, I think it was like in October sometime last year, if you don't have your PI insurance or your team, your, your whole licences are uh, suspended oh, yeah. and you can't operate. So that means we can't do any work. We've just got to basically shut the doors. Shut down, yeah. But once again, I was just like, okay, no, God's got this. It, it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and... and um, but as it got closer, that, that was six weeks out, and it was getting... As we got closer to that date, we soon realised that, um, yeah, there was no insurance companies wanting to look at us and a couple of our um, uh, other companies that are in the same industry were coming up just before us. Um, their licences didn't get renewed, so therefore they had to shut their doors and that spread pretty quickly amongst the industry and, mm -hmm. and fear uh, spread pretty quickly. So, um, so then... Um, then every, all our team who have licences got letters from this state government department saying if, if we don't provide this insurance by this date, their licences are gone as well. So suddenly all eyes are kind of looking at me and, um, and our team are getting more and more anxious because at this point we're about a week out and we still don't have anyone wanting to insure us. So that gets to about Wednesday, Friday's cut-off day um, and my, my team uh, literally saying to me, Grant, um, anyone you know who prays, um, can you get them to pray? <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, I will, for and sure. And they don't even necessarily believe in God, but they're just No, like... <laughs> no. And I think, because I'm going, don't worry, God's got this. He's delivered us before. He'll deliver again. But I think they were looking at me. They kind of looked at me and went, this is kind of a big deal, you mm. know, and I'm going, yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, I just, I, I did what they asked me to do and I just put, it's great to have a, a network of people that you can reach out and get praying for you pretty quickly. So sent out a text message going, hey, can you guys pray for us? And they did and it was great. 
And uh, so Wednesday lunchtime, I, I had a little bit of time before the school pickup and I thought, you know what, I need to have a coffee with God here. This is, this is cutting it pretty fine. And uh, I just went and had a coffee and I pulled out my notepad and I just, I wrote my, my prayer out in the book. And it was just like, God, you've delivered in the past. I know you'll deliver again, but can you know, I just can't do this. I can't do this on my own. And I, I don't want to, to be honest. Mm. Um, God, you're the creator of the heavens and the earth. Like, I know you can deliver. We really need this insurance by 12 o'clock Friday. I, mm. We need it by then. And anyway, um, the next day, um, once again, this, the, this guy from this insurance company who were keen to potentially look at us um, happened to be in Brisbane. He'd flown up, flown up just for the day and he happened to be in Brisbane for the day and our broker said, man, you guys got to do whatever you can do to get in front of this guy because they're only, to get in with these guys after they do their due, due diligence, due diligence and, and they, it's an interview only. Mm. And we're like, man, okay, he's in, he's in Brisbane for the day. We got to get in front of this guy. So um, anyway, uh, we get a meeting with him. We're all in the car together, uh, myself and the other two leaders. And I'm just like, hey, guys, do you mind if we just pray in the car on the way in? And they're just like welcoming it. Yeah, just pray, (laughs) Grant, please. And I didn't hold back with that prayer. I just, you know, sometimes you're a a little bit delicate with, you know, what you're praying. I was just like, no way, man, this is pretty serious stuff. Let's just, I just went for it and... um, and then I find out that um, uh, one of our senior leaders said there were people back at the office praying for us through that meeting as well. Anyway, um, we got interviewed. Uh, we didn't know the outcome, but literally 12 o'clock on the dot, the next day, an email comes from this company saying, we will insure you and it's effective um, now. That's just it was just amazing and um, once again, it was down to the final hour and, uh, and and our whole team, like, they were losing sleep. They were stressed because, yeah, you know, it, we would have had to shut the doors yeah, yeah. pretty – and we, we, you know, about 45, 50 staff. Yeah. So it was a pretty – So they all would have lost their job. Like, yeah, we couldn't – we just – you just can't yeah. keep going, you know. Without, amazing. So – so God once again delivered and, um, and, 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 but I really needed to, to let go and, and trust yeah. even though um, I've just learned God brings miracles out of messes and he delivers every time. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, sharing with us this morning. Really appreciate it. And I do just want to say again as well, this morning, if you um, have been watching and you're in a really difficult situation or a space, um, just like we see that principle in Ruth chapter 2 about God's providential hand at work in some of the difficult circumstances, I am convinced, and I want to say this again, um, God still has a plan and God can still redeem and restore the circumstances that you may find yourself in this morning. So I want to pray that you be encouraged. Uh, I'm going to pray for you and uh, we're going to worship our great God. 
Father, we just thank you so much for uh, the fact that we can cry out to you in those times of difficult uh, difficulty. And uh, we just want to, I want to pray for those that find themselves in that very place this morning. We just ask, Father God, that they would know your nearness. And uh, Father, we just pray that you would give them a glimpse of your hand at work, opening doors and helping in ways that they never uh, thought possible. Great God, we really do pray. So we lean to you, we trust you, Father, and we commit these things to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's uh, worship our great God now. It's true, the words of that song that we've just been singing that speak of God as being a God of faithfulness, a God of love, a God who makes a way in each and every one of our lives. We've heard from God's Word today as well. And I just want to say to you, if you're linking in today and you've sensed God has been speaking to you, there's something within you that longs to know more of the peace and presence of God in your own life. God longs to be in a relationship with you. And today you can take a step of faith. You can make a decision to move towards God, to receive more of His love and presence, to experience what it means to be in relationship with Him. And so I want to encourage you, if you sense God speaking to you, if you want to know more of what it means to have His peace and presence in your life personally, I want to encourage you right now just to click on the link on the platform you're watching on which says respond to Jesus. Just to click on that link right now as you're watching in. Just respond to what God's saying to your heart. And if you do that, clicking on that link, it's a faith response. It also gives us an opportunity to pray for you. We'd love to get in touch with you, to encourage you, to give you some more information, to explain how you can know what it means to have this personal relationship with the Creator God who loves you and knows you, wants to bless you and wants to lead you and guide you in your own journey of life as well. So I wanna pray right now that God will bless each one of us as we close our time together. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I wanna pray now and I wanna give you thanks for the truth of your Word, Lord, for the promises that we have for the reality of who You are, great God. And so I thank You for that. And I wanna pray particularly now for some that You are speaking to very directly, Lord, that You long to be in relationship with, to know personally, great God. I wanna pray right now that You'll give them the courage just to take that step of faith, to click on that Respond to Jesus button right now, Lord, that You'll help them to do that. And as they do that, Lord, they'll know an incredible peace and love and joy coming from You is what I pray. And for each and every person linking in, Lord, wherever we are on the journey of life, the journey of faith, I pray for your blessing to be poured out now, Lord. Thank you, God, for your heart, for each and every person, your deep care for us. And I pray your blessing now and ask this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for linking in with us today. Don't forget our service tonight at 6pm, but God bless you. And we look forward to linking in together again soon. Thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you or you'd like to find out more, we want to help and encourage you on your journey of faith. You can reach out to us via our website or email hello at bridgman.org.au. And don't forget, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to pray for you. And you can fill in a prayer card on our website or email prayer at bridgman.org.au. I'm praying God's blessing for you this week and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.